Welcome to Get You Fit Radio, the radio show that helps you lead a healthy lifestyle. Well, this morning when I was leading my healthy lifestyle, I was making myself my healthy piece of toast and my hard-boiled egg, and I was getting ready for my day, and I was getting ready to write today's show. So I have to share with you what occurred. Now, I had the topic all ready to go. But I put my toast in the toaster. And have you ever had this happen where you put your toast in the toaster and it kind of gets like jammed in there? So what do I do? I start playing with the knob. And what I typically do is I will pop the knob really hard to get the toast to jump out so I don't have to reach in there and burn my fingers or go across the kitchen and grab a knife or anything. So... I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm just rocking the knob up and down and up and down and I'm just jostling it really, really hard and I'm trying to get this toast to pop out. Well, it was stuck in there. For some reason, it was just jammed in there. Meanwhile, I'm in the kitchen and instead of focusing on a solution to my problem, I'm just focusing on the problem. And the problem was that my toast was stuck. It was stuck and I needed to get it out. So I'm wasting all this valuable time shaking this toaster like a crazy person. And now I have pieces of dried up, crumbled up toast all over the place. I have a huge problem now. I have a mess and I don't have my toast. So knowing that the topic of today's show was focusing on the solution to your problem in order to find a way to solve that problem, I stopped for a second and I thought, what exactly are you doing? Uh, I turned and I watched my 11-year-old look at me with her eyes wide open and she said exactly that. Mom, what exactly are you doing? Um, it, It looked like I was assaulting the toaster. Um, So I took a quick second, I stopped, I looked in the toaster, I saw that the piece of toast was just hooked on one of the little metal pieces in there. I reached in with my finger, I moved it out of the way, and I lifted the toast right out. And it took no time at all. So with that being said, I realized how important it is to identify the problem in anything, whether it is why you're not losing weight, whether it is why you can't get yourself to the gym, whether it is why you can't get your cholesterol down, whether it's why you keep going to the doctor and the doctor keeps giving you these sheets of paper with food advice that you say you're going to take, but you don't. Um, It is because we are more prone to focus only on the problem and not the solution. 
And uh, immediately after I had done the research for the show, I went on to make my toast and caught myself doing this with, with a real life example. And so I learned that not only can you apply this um, to everything, but it can certainly be applied to health and wellness. So, so with that being said, um, I'm hoping that what I'm going to share with you today could really help those of you that are listening get over some of the problems that you might have with uh, obstacles that you might face with why you can't stop munching at three o'clock or you can't stop overeating past dinner or why you can't stop hitting that snooze button. Um, we only focus on the problem and we, we do that with everything. So, so identify the problem. That's obviously the first thing we have to do, uh, no matter what it is, whether it is you have a flat tire, um, whether it's you overeat sugar, whether it's you don't drink enough water. What are things like when they are the way we want them to be? This question helps you find the standard against which we're going to measure where we are now. If things were going to be the way we want them to be, what does that look like? Um, if a person were doing his or her job, what would that be and what would you be doing? So, so identify that problem. Um, so let's just put this into the perspective of health and wellness. And so since one of the bigger problems that I get all the time is I'm just not able to lose weight. Um, even on the way here, I answered a few emails and it was the same repetitive thing that I hear over and over. I've tried many different weight loss programs. I've tried counting macros. I've tried intermittent fasting. I've hired coaches. Nothing seems to be working. So let's identify the problem. The problem is I can't lose weight. Um, the question is, what is the ideal of what you want to be like. And so that would be you wanting to be successful in a weight loss program. So step two would be to analyze the problem. Um, at what stage is this problem? This will help you identify the urgency of the problem. And there are generally three stages. Uh, the emergent stage is where the problem is just beginning to happen. Um, it does not cause an immediate threat to you or the business that it operates every day. It's just the beginning of the problem. And at this point, you're able to break it down, identify it, and make corrections without causing too much damage um, before it becomes a, a bigger problem. So with weight loss, um, with overeating, you typically might start a diet and things are going really, really great. But then the weight stops moving. Um, so that is the beginning of the problem. Identify it right there um, where it starts. Um, the mature stage is where the problem is causing more than just a little bit of damage. Um, some amount of damage has already been done. And now you really need to jump on it immediately and fix it before it becomes a larger problem with larger consequences and deeper and even more expensive uh, problems that we can't possibly solve on our own. So again, with dieting, 
with overeating, with under-exercising, uh, the mature stage might be now you've lost control. Um, now you are not compliant to the program. Maybe now you are overeating. You're not following the plan. And you're starting to see weight gain. Um, but there's a problem. And you know you have to intervene. And obviously, the third stage of the problem is the crisis stage. This is when the problem is so serious that it must be corrected immediately. At this stage, the real damage has been done, um, and you must do something about it, um, or you will have long-term effects. Um, and again, since we're talking about health and wellness and diet and exercise, at this point, if you get to this third stage, perhaps at this point you have gained your weight. Um, perhaps at this point you have received news from the doctor that your cholesterol rates are high, that you're pre-diabetic. Um, you have faced the scale. You have seen the damage. And now perhaps you don't know what to do because you are at the crisis stage. Um, at this point, you're telling yourself you're going to change your behavior and you cave to the temptation because this is what we do. It's the cycle. Um, I, I can't tell you how often I've had people come to me where you go to the doctor. Again, the doctor typically will give you a list of foods. Stay away from these foods. These are the foods that you shouldn't eat. These are the foods that you should eat. Um, typically, the person will leave the doctor's office so highly motivated. You are going to do this. It, you are convincing yourself that you are going to do this. However, you leave and a few days go by and that motivation diminishes. Um, and now you're just back to focusing on the problem. And that problem is I'm overweight. That problem is I have high cholesterol. That problem is I can't control my eating. Again, are we focusing at all on fixing it? Typically, we're not. Um, you're more than likely just giving yourself the same choices over and over and over uh, until you go back to the doctor the next year and this whole thing happens again. Um, so, so instead of, again, that all or nothing thinking, um, I'm going to change my life, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go on this huge diet, um, and then realizing that you can't, um, my suggestion for a preliminary solution is to meet yourself in the middle. Um, instead of not eating any of the forbidden foods, um, going on the most restrictive diet ever, um, or uh, going the opposite and remaining in the same exact lifestyle that you are, meet yourself in the middle. Um, that middle ground is something that you should absolutely consider. Um, all right, so step three, describing the problem. Uh, you should be able to describe the problem in writing. Um, not that I'm telling you that you should write it, but it really does help if you can put it into words. Uh, 12 words or less. Uh, when I have my clients do this activity and I ask them to describe the problem, sometimes I'll get a page-long issued problem. 
12 words or less. This way, you have clarity on exactly what the issue is. Then perhaps try describing it to a loved one. Um, this way, you can see what the root of the problem is. Um, it makes sense to do it this way. It makes sense to hear the problem come out of your own mouth. Um, this makes it real, and this makes it something that you are truly going to work on. Uh, the most important question of all when you are describing the problem is, is this really going to be something that you are going to work on? Uh, so let me give you an example. When I'm asked for help in various ways uh, for health and wellness in particular, am I able to lose weight? This is where I asked the client to describe the problem. Um, I point out that they are in charge of the problem. They are the ones that need to define why they're not able to lose weight. So the conversation typically goes like this. Irene, I've tried everything. I'm following the plan and I'm still not able to lose weight. My response is, can you tell me why you think you're unable to lose weight? Typically then, I have silence and I will leave that silence because I want the client to tell me why. There is a reason why and sometimes we go into denial as to why. Um, sometimes we forget that we are the ones in charge of our own problem. Uh, just like me with the toaster, I was the only one in charge of that problem. I was making the problem worse. Um, by manipulating that, that toaster that way. Um, you tend to set the premise of the problem from your own perspective, but the premise might not be accurate. Uh, typically, with weight loss and other things, we blame others. Uh, the reason I can't lose weight is because my kids are in baseball. The reason I can't lose weight is because I have a hectic work life. The reason I can't lose weight is because I have four kids and they all eat different foods. We're not understanding here the actual problem, and we're not understanding the solution. We're just rattling off excuses, and we're not coming up with the best options for the solution. So if you're listening right now, I hope that you understood that difference. Um, the difference is a solution versus an excuse. So again, if you just joined in, you're listening to Huntley Community Radio, WHRULP, and I am talking about how to solve a problem constructively and how to do it without interjecting those excuses. Um, I have many, many clients, as you know, but I also have some fictional clients. Um, I have my perfect patty and I have my slow start Sally. Well, I have a new one. She just joined. Her name is Inconsistent Isabel. Um, and, and what she is is very, very inconsistent. Um, saying that you are unable to lose weight is not describing the problem. Um, typically, when I ask somebody who's inconsistent, um, I get answers such as this. I've been skipping meals. I've not been logging. I don't eat anything from 12 to 5. I have not been sticking to the meal plan. 
I overeat at night. I make poor food choices at 3 p.m. and after dinner. I eat really good on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. I exercise every single day of the week. This is inconsistency. And when we're inconsistent, we tend to only see the things that we do right. So my next suggestion, which is step four, is let's look for the root cause of the problem. So now that we've identified the problem, we have to find out what is causing this problem. Um, Who's responsible for the problem? It's not your kids. It's not their sports. It's not your work schedule. Um, What caused this problem to emerge? Um, Is your overeating a result of stress? Um, We need to dig into that, that deeper problem. Why did this happen? Where does it hurt you the most? And when I say that, I mean when you do overeat and the scale doesn't cooperate, um, is that something that bothers you? And if it does, how do we go about resolving the problem? Um, Because the immediate fix is to overeat, but we don't think about the result of it. And that is, again, the problem. So I always ask the most important question. Can we solve this problem for good so it will never occur again? And doing a temporary problem solve is one thing. Um, Temporary problem solves will get us through the week, get us through the day, maybe the month. But we want to solve the problem for good. And that's why we want to get to the root cause of the problem. So in order to do this, you need to start reframing your choices when you identify the problem. Um, and, and this next piece is extremely important, and I've actually been practicing it myself because those of you that listen to my show know that I have a weakness for Oreo cookies. And thanks to Nabisco, they came out with the gluten-free ones, and so now I'm faced with this problem again after 10 years of not needing to worry about it. So if you are struggling with making good food choices, um, you've identified this problem, um, and you need to understand that the food obviously tastes good, but you are struggling with making good choices with these restrictive foods. Um, Instead of thinking that you want these restrictive foods and they taste good and, and you can't wait to eat them again, reframe your thinking and focusing on how good you feel when you eat foods that are healthy. Because we so often forget how good we do feel when we eat foods that are healthy. And I hear this all the time. Um, When people get derailed and they start up again, I'm constantly hearing, why don't I eat like this all the time? Eating like this is so easy. I love this food. And we do. But yet we go right back to the cookies. And, And it's because we're tempted. So when you are faced with those restricted foods, and I've always said, it's not that you can't have them, it's, it's that moderation. You have to stop and, and say to yourself, how do I feel when I eat healthy? Um, and more importantly, um, you want to look at that food item that you know you might and should not be eating and ask yourself, how will I feel if I overeat this? Um, and I shared this exact story uh, yesterday in a Zoom presentation that I that I did um, because, of course, it had to do with the Oreo cookies. Um, I had an Oreo cookie. I got up. I went into the pantry. I had a second one. I 
sat down. I enjoyed it. Then, of course, the Oreo called my name. Up I got again, went into the pantry, and I had a third. Um, so three Oreo cookies is about 165 calories, but now that wasn't enough because now I, I, I really did want more. Um, I, I marched into the pantry, and I reframed my thinking. I took my own, my own um, information here, and I said this out loud. Um, and I, I absolutely 100% encourage you to do this. I out loud said, how am I going to feel tomorrow if I eat more of these cookies? And hearing myself say that, uh, interestingly, reminded me of how awful I do feel when I eat too many of these cookies at night. And it's not a good feeling. Um, you overeat and you wake up in the morning with a stomach ache. And if you heard my show a couple weeks ago where I overindulged on the Oreos, I was not feeling good the whole next day. I couldn't eat breakfast. And saying that out loud reminded me of that moment. Um, if I hadn't said it out loud, would I have, would it have impacted me as much? I, I don't know. But I did. I said it out loud, and I did not have the Oreos. And yes, I high-fived myself on the way out of the pantry. I was very proud of myself. So I, I encourage you to do that. Um, it was not hard. It was just rewiring my mind shift. Um, so, so the most important aspect of, of leadership, really, is coming up with a solution and a long-term uh, benefit to this, um, rather than dealing with the same problem over and over. Um, even three months ago, I would have eaten the cookie and said, well, I just have a problem with eating sweets at night. Um, and, and that would have been the end of it. I would have been focusing just on the problem instead of the solution. Um, and so so that is the biggest difference. Um, we have great intentions, of course, um, and these are justifications for how great you're doing. Um, we have intentions that we're going to do this tomorrow or later or one last time. Again, I'm just going to do this one last time, two last cookies, and tomorrow I will not do that again. But these intentions overpower your actions. And the bottom line is you're just making excuses for what you are actually never going to do. Rewire that thinking from I will do better tomorrow to I'm going to start this now. Um, and I've been talking about that since last week's show. Um, if you have to focus on how you are going to do this and how far you have come and you have accomplished, that's another great thing to do because oftentimes we think, well, I have so much more to go, but we don't recall what we have done. Um, definitely, you want to develop alternate solutions in case the initial ones that you come up with backfire um, because not always are you going to come up with the best plan the first time through. So whatever your solution to your problem is, come up with a couple backups um, in case the first few uh, don't work out for you. Um, and, and so some, some solutions to, to overeating, you know, have your food ready, have quick stop options, log no matter what, um, you know, lose that all or nothing attitude, make that list. And from that list, pick three and implement the three. But 
you still have that list of 10 that you can go back on. Um, and then obviously you want to implement the solution. If you don't actually follow through with it, um, then you've done all this hard work for nothing. Um, you need to correct the problem. And if the problem is overeating, um, put it to work. Um, go back to those solution lists and actually put it into play. And if all else fails, ask for help, because that is one thing that people typically don't do. Uh, we have our emergency solution list, but people don't ask for help. And and I, I, I think about this all the time. We go to professionals for so many things. Um, we get our nails done. We go to a professional. We get our houses cleaned. We have somebody that comes and cleans our houses. We have people that do our lawn. We have people that clean our windows. Um, but when it comes to health, um, we get a sheet of paper from the doctor with a list of foods that tell us eat this and not that. And we leave the doctor's office with these great intentions thinking that we're actually going to do that. But we don't. Um, that's inconsistent thinking. Um, inconsistent Isabel uh, would be doing exactly that. Um, and, and you have to apply this inconsistent thinking to other areas of your life and realize how ridiculous it is. If you were late picking up your kids, you would not just leave them there overnight. You would hustle to go pick them up. So same thing goes with your health. Find that middle ground, and ultimately you are the one that is in control of fixing this issue. And by the way, if your toast ever gets stuck in your toaster, it's much, much easier to, to take a minute and reach in and jostle it out instead of doing what I did. So enjoy your day. Time is running out, I'm talking here and now, I'm talking 